Hey everyone, Mundo here. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crimeandcourtusa. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of Crime and Court USA. I'm recording this on November 10th, 2021. I'm your host, Mundo Carrillo. I hope you guys are doing well. I didn't have uh, too much happen to me this last week. Nothing terribly exciting. The Chargers did get a good win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Eked out a last-second field goal, you know what I mean? That's always exciting, always nerve-wracking. Wasn't a great looking win, but still a win nonetheless. Puts us right on top of the AFC West once again. Although pretty much every other team in that division is right on our ass, so <laughs> can't get too comfortable. That what a good division. Even the Broncos, who aren't very good, are even kind of still in the mix. Chiefs are in there as well. Raiders right up on there. So yeah, it's gonna be a, an interesting race as the season carries on. I'm very excited about the kid though, Justin Herbert, second year quarterback out of Oregon. Looks very, very strong. Good arm. Makes good decisions. Looks like a veteran out there, man. Like an old pro. You know what I'm saying? All right. I want to talk about a couple of things today. A couple of crime-related things today, not just football. The first thing I want to talk about is the tragedy that happened at the Astro World Festival in Houston. Eight people died and hundreds of others were injured at the festival on Friday, November 5th at NRG Park in Houston. And it would appear that most of the injuries were the result of Crowd Crush, while rapper and event organizer Travis Scott was performing. The deceased ranged in age from 14 to 27, and the youngest victim was a freshman in high school, and there's also a 16-year-old high school junior who died as well. Several people were hospitalized with serious, serious injuries. One of them is a 9-year-old boy who was in a medically induced coma as a result of the serious injuries he suffered at the concert. I had read that he was actually on his father's shoulders and his father collapsed and was trampled and of course the boy fell and was trampled as well. There was also a 22-year-old Texas A&M student who has not shown any brain activity since she was hospitalized. So unfortunately, that death count might get even higher than eight. The crowd started going nuts when Scott took the stage at 9 p.m. and he's taking a lot of flack for continuing to perform for 40 minutes after the concert was declared a mass casualty event by the Houston Police and Fire Department. So in other words, he continued to perform after several people had died at the show. There are disturbing videos and images out there of people collapsing on top of each other and of people performing CPR on people who are not conscious. There are also images of people not wanting to help each other. There was a video or images of a man dancing on top of a medical cart that was trying to get to someone to provide medical aid. In these videos that are just kind of floating around the internet, people can be heard yelling for help and trying to get someone to stop the concert. I saw a video of a young girl who climbed on top of a platform where a cameraman was operating in an attempt to get someone's attention to stop the show. Didn't really work, but yeah, people were trying just about anything. People were yelling for help. It was just a chaotic, chaotic scene out there. And videos that are also made public online and have been reported on by several news outlets 
Shows got continuing to perform despite pleas from the crowd to stop the show. And there's even a, an image of him performing while he could see the uh, while the the red and blue lights of that medical cart are visible. So he uh, he likely knew something was going on. I don't know if he could hear the police for help because he is performing. He does have the the monitors in his ear, you know, where he could hear himself back. So who knows what he could hear? But I'm sure he could see chaos out in the crowd. I mean, well over 300 people at the show required medical attention. So, I mean, yeah, well over 300. This is at the, uh, this is just at the show where there was like kind of medical tents or a medical area um, was staged. Yeah, and they say well over 300 people required medical attention in that area. So, yeah, it would appear that he he had to have known something was going on if over 300 people and counting uh, were injured at the show. He had to know something's going on. The police are also looking into whether people were injected with drugs. A security guard at the show said he felt a prick at his neck and believed he was drugged. He had to be treated with naloxone, which is a, I don't know what you call I guess a drug itself that is used to reverse opioid overdoses. So, and then they actually, um, I was reading somewhere too that medical staff had to inject a lot of people or give a lot of people naxalone rather. So there was some, there was a lot of opioid use going on, whether it was voluntary or like with the security guard, he just got stabbed with it, got, got poked with something, uh, with some kind of opioid. So people getting crushed, but also, uh, drug use seems to have played a big part as well. So let's talk about the overcrowding at the show, shall we? Now the crowd was reportedly 50,000 strong because 50,000 tickets were sold, but the crowd was likely a lot bigger than that. A video posted to Twitter by Micah Hatfield, who was a TV reporter in Houston, I know I make fun of TV reporters a lot on this show, but uh, <laughs> it's all in good fun. And, you know, obviously uh, Miss Hatfield here uh, got, it, got it done. Her video has well over a million views on Twitter. It shows people rushing through a security gate at around 2 p.m. that day. So about seven hours before things started really going down. And there's just, I mean, I saw the video. There's just throngs of people just rushing past a uh, security gate, just knocking each other over and knocking down the security gate. It looks crazy, man. It looks absolutely nuts. And again, I you can't keep count because they just keep on coming and coming. So who knows how big that crowd actually was. And I think that would imply that, I mean, I don't know what the capacity is of Energy Park, but the show may have been over capacity. Houston police were worried about crowd, crowd control on the day of the concert and had been preparing for it for several months. Someone with knowledge of the situation told the New York Times that Houston police chief Troy Finner visited Scott in his trailer before his set to express his concerns about overcrowding, but apparently the uh, the police and the fire departments uh, were concerned about calling off the concert as well because they thought that that itself would incite a riot. So they were apparently kind of stuck in a hard place there and maybe really relied on Travis Scott to kind of call off his own show or to keep the crowd calm or do something about it, right? But they themselves were worried about crowd control and about inciting a riot. Chief Finner has also said that he believes Scott, who is a Houston local, is just a man who is trying to do good for his community. His mom handed out turkeys with the mayor one year. Travis even got a key to the city one time. So yeah, just a real, I guess, celebrated uh, Houston local. Someone who made it out and made it into the big time. However, though, some people believe that Scott's ties to the community and to Houston city leaders, specifically the police chief and the mayor, who he apparently actually has personal relationships with, that that may complicate the investigation into those eight deaths, the criminal investigation. 
into those eight deaths. That's just not going to go away. Eight people died, possibly even more. So maybe there are criminal charges down the road. We'll see, though. I mean, I'm sure this is crazy hard to investigate. So many people, so many witnesses, so many things going on. This may take months. I mean, I have no idea, but I, yeah, I imagine this, the criminal investigation is not going to be easy. Now, Scott is known for having raucous shows and has been arrested after two previous concerts. In 2017, he was arrested for allegedly inciting a riot at a show in Bentonville, Arkansas. He was accused of encouraging fans to rush the stage, causing several people to be injured. A fan at the show was pushed off a third-floor balcony and ended up paralyzed, according to a report from Rolling Stone. He pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct and paid about a $7,500 fine, according to KSFM-TV in Arkansas. Inciting a riot that leads to an injury is a felony in Arkansas, so he was actually able to plead down to a lesser charge and just pay a fine. In 2015, he was arrested for disorderly conduct after a Lollapalooza set that got a little too crazy. He encouraged fans to jump over security barricades and rush the stage, and he reportedly fled the scene after one song, but was arrested a short time later. So it would seem that he has a propensity for just inciting the crowd to get crazy and to rush the stage, to rush past security barricades, to rush past security guards. I even read somewhere that he told, I think this 2015 Lollapalooza crowd, it was either this one or the 2017 crowd to a, he basically said that there were more fans and security guards, so you can go ahead and overpower them. So that's crazy. But yeah, he has a, a history of, of doing such things. For that 2015 incident, he pleaded guilty to reckless conduct, and a judge ordered that he remain under court supervision for one year. Now, Scott did give his condolences to the people who died the day after the concert in a tweet saying, quote, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Astroworld Festival. Ellipses. I am committed to working together with the Houston police. I'm sorry. I'm committed to working together with the Houston community to heal and support the families in need. Thank you to Houston PD, Fire Department, and NRG Park for their immediate response and support. End quote. Scott is also reportedly going to cover the funeral cost for the victims. Several lawsuits have already been filed against Scott and other concert organizers, and several more will likely follow. Last I checked, at least a dozen had been filed. So it looks like he's going to be slapped with a lot of lawsuits, a lot of deaths, eight and counting, possibly. I, I, we, we can hope not, but it's not looking good for those two victims in the hospital and a lot of injuries. So yeah, if he doesn't face criminal charges, he will surely keep facing lawsuits and those aren't cheap. The festival was supposed to extend into Saturday, but of course, the remaining events were canceled. So this seems like it was bound to happen, you know, given Scott's tendency to provoke the crowds. Like I said, I mean, he, if he's encouraging his fans to, to rush the stage, to rush past security, I mean, these barricades, the security guards, they're all there to protect him as a performer. So if he doesn't really care for his own safety, it would seem that he doesn't care for the safety of his fans. So yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why you'd want your own safety jeopardized, but he does have a history, it would seem, of just not caring about the safety of his fans. And I don't know, man, like that, that's just, that's just not cool. And I mean, it culminated in eight people dying, young people, ages 14 to 27, all 
young people and the people who are in the hospital, as I mentioned, a nine-year-old and a 22-year-old, all extremely young, man. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what would lead you to uh, to to be that way. Also, I don't know. I mean, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if there's ever been casualties like this at, at a concert before. I know there was a time that Woodstock '99 got a little got a little loco, got a little crazy when Limp Bizkit was performing and people were setting fires and all that. But I'm pretty sure no one died. At the very least, not eight people. So yeah, this. I wonder if this is the biggest casualty, like the biggest, uh, the most tragic concert, like in history, in, in U.S. history, anyhow. And I'm, I'm sure it was extremely terrifying. If you watch some of those videos in that crowd, I mean, people, eyewitnesses said that people were just piling on top of each other, like just several layers of people just on, on the ground, not being able to breathe. Some people had several heart attacks. I mean, lost consciousness for several minutes. I mean, just they, they were crushed. They were crushed. They couldn't breathe because of their loss of oxygen. They lost brain activity as well. I mean, some people are going to be messed up, uh, you know, with these injuries for the rest of their lives, possibly. You know, I was never, I remember being caught in a rough crowd at a Bullet for My Valentine concert back in the day. And I didn't even think it was Bullet for My Valentine performing. I think it was the band before them. I don't know, they were pretty terrible. They were called Drop Dead Gorgeous. But there was a point when the crowd was going crazy and everyone kind of fell like to one side, kind of like a bunch of dominoes. And by the way, like people were describing the, the Asteroid Festival as like people were falling like dominoes. And that's exactly what happens when someone like falls over and everyone's like super tight like that. It causes like everyone else to follow. I remember like the entire crowd like fell to the right <laughs> at one point during the concert I was at. And then we, we all got kind of back up. But like that domino effect's a real thing. And yeah, people get caught in the bottom of those. I mean, that's that's dangerous stuff, man. That's super dangerous. I'll keep you guys posted on any criminal charges, um, if they even find anyone responsible. I mean, how how hard would it be to find, like, the guy who was injecting people with drugs or something like that? I mean, that's that seems crazy to even find the guy. Apparently, actually, the guy who was dancing on the, on the medical cart, apparently they identified him through Twitter. Just someone posted that on Twitter, and someone said, oh, that's, you know, what's his name? And so I don't know if that, if he'll get charged for that. That's probably, like, a misdemeanor at most, maybe. I don't know, just preventing people from getting medical attention but if a uh, scott gets charged again which would be his third time that he gets charged for like concert related incidents then uh, i will keep you guys posted probably just for inciting a riot i mean this seems to be definitely the most serious thing he's done i mean a guy getting pushed off a balcony and that that wasn't his fault that was someone else's fault it would seem but given his history um th- this seems like the one that he should be charged for i mean he should be charged for all three of those incidents yeah, he definitely seems like if he's going to be charged for those past two, he should be charged for this one as well. But we'll see. Like I like I mentioned, he does have strong ties to the community and knows the police chief, knows the mayor. So we'll see. Maybe it will get conflicted out to another police department or something like that, to another DA's office. I don't know. I think this is going to take a while. All right. Let's move on to the next story. Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs killed a woman and her dog in the early morning hours of November 2nd, when he crashed into the back of her car, Ruggs is now facing two counts of felony DUI and two counts of reckless driving, which could get him up to 52 years in prison. He is also facing a misdemeanor after a gun was found in the car. Ruggs was driving his 2020 Chevrolet Corvette in a residential area in Las Vegas when he slammed to the back of 23-year-old Tina Tinter's Toyota RAV4 at about 3.40 a.m., 
The impact caused the RAF4 to travel more than 550 feet and catch fire. Tinter and her dog died as a result of the fire, court documents say. Wugs was going 156 miles per hour just before that crash, and investigators determined that the car was going 127 miles per hour when his airbags deployed, so his speed when he hit the car was probably somewhere in between. And his blood alcohol level was 0.16%, which is twice the legal limit. Ruggs' girlfriend, who goes by the name Rudy Washington, was in the passenger seat of Ruggs' car and suffered a serious wrist injury. Ruggs was reportedly not cooperative after his arrest and refused to take field sobriety tests. He had to be taken to a hospital to get his blood drawn. Right, so when you get your driver's license, you consent to uh, doing field sobriety tests when you're pulled over in an officer believes that you've uh that you're driving under the influence right so that's why he had to be taken to a hospital because when you refuse to take field sobriety tests you usually get charged with like a higher crime usually aggravated dwi and they just don't let you walk away they take you to a hospital they get a search warrant get a judge to sign off and all that and then they just have someone just take your blood right out of your veins uh washington who has a child with rugs told police that they were drinking at top golf before going to a friend's house. The Raiders released him later that day on November 2nd, and the following day he posted a $150,000 bail and returned home. He is currently on house arrest and is prohibited from driving and from consuming drugs or alcohol, of course. He was seen in court in a wheelchair and a neck brace and also had visible facial injuries, but I have not seen any official word on what his actual injuries are. Rugs will not be charged in the dog's death because... As prosecutor Steve Wolfson explained to KVVU-TV in Las Vegas, it would be hard to prove that Ruggs knew there was a dog in the RAV4 at the time of the crash. Ruggs was the first round pick of the Raiders in 2020 out of Powerhouse, Alabama, and was expected to do big things for the organization. He is only 22 years old, after all. And this is obviously extremely tragic. I'm sure he will not play football ever again. Yeah, I mean, he's young. He's 22, but he faces 52 years. The evidence against him seems very, very strong. And when it's this strong, the case usually ends in a plea deal. So, and of course, with the plea deal, you get lesser jail time. That's kind of the idea. So he won't serve those 52 years, but whether or not he serves little, little enough to still get out young enough to play football, that'll remain to be seen. But I imagine, I see this one ending in a plea deal because the evidence seems so damn strong. And uh, yeah, his football career is over. I know, it's like, Mundo, someone died. How can you be talking about football? Yeah, but I mean, it's the NFL, man. Like, it's an opportunity that a lot of people do not get and that so many people want. He just threw it away with the stupid, stupid, stupid decision that took someone's life, you know? Unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. I did read somewhere as well that the NFL Players Association actually offers free ride shares to its players not that it even matters he could have got a ride from anybody it's vegas man i'm sure you can't find an uber in vegas you know they're, they're driving around drunk people on the strip all the time i mean just just did not have to happen this this woman did not need to lose her life at all and um yeah i mean miss uh Tinter, only 23 she did not get a chance to live at all either just because of rugs's stupid stupid decision and not only was her life taken it seems like she died in a horrible horrible way i mean being burned alive basically Ugh. poor girl man that's just what a sad sad situation all because this this guy 
made the dumbest, dumbest decision to get in that car drunk as hell and to go 156 miles an hour. Why? Why? Probably never know, man. We'll probably never know. And I mean, people who talk about Rugs say he's like a nice guy and like all that, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Just made a dumb, dumb, dumb decision that impacted this young lady's family and impacted him as well. So again, I, I see this one ending in a plea deal. I will, of course, uh, keep you guys posted. Football days are over, though. Sorry, Rugs. You're, you're going to do some time and you're probably not going to play football again, despite all the talents you had. All right, that is all for this week, guys. But before I go, I do want to say happy Veterans Day to all the people who have served in the military and who continue to serve. Thank you for your service. Share this podcast with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Help me grow the audience. That's the key right now. I'm a young podcast. I'm a young podcast. Is that the right way to say it? This is it. (laughs) I am not a podcast. Uh, This is a young podcast. And uh, the goal now is to just really grow the audience so help me spread the word of Crime and Court USA. If you could also leave a nice review on iTunes, I would appreciate that. Apparently that helps get it in front of more people. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash USA. Throw me a few bucks a month if you can, but if not, you know I just appreciate you guys listening. All right, guys. Until next time, my name is Mundo, and I'm out. Peace.